RP3 is ready to step his game up and grab the mic for the latest edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Movies in particular, it's time to talk one movie, Uncut Gems. Finally got around to seeing it, and I'm going to discuss it here on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Raymond Parsh, the third better known as RP3. And joining me on this edition to talk about the Adam Sandler drama, critically acclaimed drama from 2019 that I finally got around to watching, finally got around to watching that bad boy via Netflix, is... The man known as the producer extraordinaire. He's joined me on the podcast before. We've talked hoops. We've talked Quentin Tarantino. It's my good friend, the one and only, Louis Prejean. Louis, welcome. Critically acclaimed and audience bashed on Cudgem. Audience bashed? Was it Was it not? Well, it was, it's, it's, it's an indie film, right? It wasn't like a big marketing blitz behind it. I, I don't remember. I can't believe I came out of the theater of this movie and a year later... No one likes it as much as I do. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts, it says. He says it hurts. It should hurt. Look, look, sometimes you just connect with a movie and no one else will be there with you. Trust me, I've already gone through this. When I was a film critic 20-some-odd years ago, working at the Town Talk, reviewing movies all the time, I, I, I had people come up to me in the newsroom all the time. They're like, uh, Raymond, that movie that you raved about, uh, What? I tried watching it. It was weird. It was dark. I didn't understand it. I'm like, I can't help you. I'm like, I can't help you. You either connect with something or you don't. And you've been harping on me to watch this. Uncut Gems. Mm. We discussed it on the show earlier this week. I liked the movie. Adam Sandler, phenomenal performance. Phenomenal. But I also had problems with the movie. And we're going to discuss those. We're going to discuss what we liked and didn't like. Now, you love this movie. You don't find anything wrong with it. Correct? No, I. You know what? It's perfect. Whatever. <laughs> You're going to so, fill out a lot of negatives, and I don't want to be negative. There are some Okay, l- l- let's be honest. What, what, what bothered you? No, it's in that bad runtime, and I've talked about this before. It's in that bad runtime of two hours and 15 minutes that, all right, you either cut, 20 minutes off your movie or, or you go full on three you go hours. full on three hours all right you don't play that in between two hours 20 two hour 30 you either cut or you go full out so it's in a bad runtime range uh th- i mean that's an issue I, that i have some some stuff is unnecessary again that goes with the runtime thing like there's always stuff that you could cut out and not see in there so i think a majority of my problems are with that with the runtime yeah I I want to focus on the things that I liked, and we can discuss. Well, for people that don't know what this movie is, right? how would you describe this movie? I would describe this movie as a man who is has a family, also has a girlfriend, has what appears to be a successful business, who is a, a drawer in New York City. He's also Jewish, and he's also consumed by gambling from right off the start you know this about his character 
and his gambling addiction has led to his life being nothing but 24-7 chaos. Complete chaos. So know that going in, that you're going to watch a movie that's pure chaotic, or the, the central character's life is chaotic. That's how I would describe it. I know that's not probably what Internet Movie Database says, but that's how I would describe it. Well, I just looked it up on the Internet Database, <laughs> and it says Uncut Gems is a perfect movie. Wow. Would you look at that? <laughs> <laughs> that's according to Internet Research. You're, you're, you're going to politic to be what, what they used to call a, 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 a quote whore back in the day, where they would find a critic – that would always give something like oh that you know would always give something positive and they put it in the trailer, but then sometimes you get those movies back in the day, Lewis, where it'd be like, the quote would be this, it has action, and it'd be like Lewis <laughs> Prejean from, you know, some Arizona <laughs> TV station. It has action. That'd be like doing a blurb for this movie saying it has gambling. It has dialogue. <laughs> Tune in. And lots of it. But I'm sorry. I interrupted you for the the Internet Movie Database uh, synopsis. of. No, that was it. Okay. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. But you movie. don't seem to think so. I have a few things okay. that I'm going to start off with. The things that I loved about Uncut Gems. You ready for them? The last scene between. All right. If you're listening and you haven't watched Uncut Gems, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about this movie from start to finish. There are going to be plot points endings, the whole nine yard that we're going to discuss. So now is your time to put this podcast listen on pause if you haven't watched Uncut Gems, okay? Or if you don't care, continue to listen. The last scene between Sandler and KG was phenomenal. That speech that he gave, Lewis, talking to KG, pumping him up, letting him know that this is his... Uh, his 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 coliseum his 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 competition is this. I love that, and I love the back and forth between him and, and Kevin Garnett. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, I believe, was just saying, "Why do you keep doing this?" Or like, "Why are you like right. this?" And then Adam Sandler was like, "Well, you don't change when you're up 40. Correct. Killer instinct doesn't matter. I loved that. That was one of the the, the real kind of high points of the movie for me. Was that. Another high point, and I wish they would have done more of this, showing his faith, showing the Jewish faith. You have that great scene where he's at his father-in-law's, and there's that awkwardness because I, I would assume that's the, the guy that he owes the money to married into his wife's family. So I guess that would be like a brother-in-law or some sort. Mm-hmm. The tension there, the couple of things they have with – uh, Judd Hirsch, I would have liked to seen more of that. I thought it was very surface and kind of stereotypical with a lot of the Jewish stereotypes throughout the movie. That scene was not. That scene was authentic. That scene felt real to me. As someone who had a Jewish grandmother who was from Brooklyn, that felt authentic to me. And Sandler himself, of course, is Jewish. And the Safety brothers are Jewish, too. That is correct. I also liked the behind-the-scenes kind of feel of the jewelry industry. How they all kind of know each other. You have the one jeweler uh, that he gets he gets out of Hawk. 
Kevin Garnett's world championship ring and then gives him his New York Knicks championship ring. And I love that it felt very real. Well, he gave him hell, but then he, he could tell that there was something wrong with Sandler, and he said, are you okay? In the same breath. Like, you have that scene where it's the same thing, and it, it, it felt genuine both ways. There was nice moments like that throughout the movie, which I enjoyed thoroughly. And Sandler's performance was a tour de force. He completely bought in. You could tell he knew this character. You could tell he knew people or had family members that were this character or parts of them. And he embraced that. I love the music in it as well. That set the tone. The direction was top-notch, the way they framed it, the way they lit it up. I loved how they constantly used shots from above when he would enter a store. There was a lot of those from kind of above shots, which I loved. You can chime in whenever you you like something. No, I'm just I'm, I want to hear you say all the things that you like about it. I'm just going to let you keep going. Oh, you did it? Yes, because you're yes the number one fan. No, keep going. Like I said, Sandler, the direction, the music was top notch. And the behind the scenes, I really loved. I really loved Kevin Garnett in this. I, I did. It's hard, you know. It's he was playing himself, but it, that's difficult because you still have to emote. You still have to have your personality come across. And I thought he did a very nice, very nice job in a role that maybe a lot of guys may may not have took on because it does kind of shed the light on. Shady practices by star athletes buying jewelry, knowing where it comes from, and being aware that it's coming from a place where a lot of times slave labor is used to mine those gems. And I appreciated Garnett taking that on and being like, I got this. And he really did take it on. Keep going, Ray. No, keep going. I love the fact that it was in New York. I can't wait till you you're done with this list, and then you're like, "Oh wait, uncut gems is perfect." <laughs> there, there it is, there it is. And overall, I liked the movie. I did. Here's my issues with it, and some of it is nitpicking, but some of it is is genuine. We didn't get a single lick of backstory on his character. And I felt that would make me that would have made him a more compelling character if we would found out more. We knew nothing about him. Like we, we just know that he's a jeweler, that he's got debt problems, and that he's a gambler. We know that he's got a, a lady on the side in an apartment. We know he's a huge sports fan. Nothing about father. Nothing about Mother, nothing about if he had siblings, nothing about family, nothing about when did the gambling start, when did his addiction start. I would have liked that. And I I bring this up. When you look at a movie, say, like Requiem for a Dream, that's about addiction. You see the reasons behind the addiction, and then you see the descent into madness from that, in despair. We didn't get any of that backstory. We, we we didn't get any of that. And I thought 
that did, in some ways, a little bit of a disservice to Sandler and a little bit of a disservice to the character itself. Because on the surface, you could view it as the, the negative stereotype with Jewish people is greed. Well, here's a character who's a Jewish guy who's greedy. Why not give me a little background? Why? Why did that happen? Why did he come to this point? Why does he have an insatiable appetite, insatiable appetite for gambling, always betting? Now, we get to see how he's just transformed by watching a sporting event at the very tail end of the movie, which I thought was great, by the way, when he locks the, the essentially the gangster, <laughs> the muscle, the gangsters into his shop. But that was one of the things that I that I thought was a misstep. And you mentioned the time. If they would have went bigger, 245, 255 on the runtime, there's a lot that could have been explored. And I felt like after watching the movie, there was still more about this character that I did not know. And if you show me why we're getting there, I'm going to be more in line to buy in and be compelled by his journey throughout the movie. I don't think I need the background to me because then you would be like, I don't know, because sometimes background just feels like exposition and it feels like waste of time. Sometimes it feels like that. And maybe they thought we weren't going to go that route. We're strictly just going to go following this man's journey through one period in his life. But he has no family. He has the family that he marries and has kids with and her family. He has no family. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. He has no family. I mean, I just don't need all every movie to ever exist to give to that focuses on one character to give me entire background on them. Like I'm, I'm comfortable living in a time period following one character in a week of his life, and then that's it. I'm comfortable with that, and I don't need to span his entire lifetime. But it helps if the character is so unlikable. I mean. That's why I went in and I'm just accepting what's going to happen because I watched the Safety Brothers movie Good Time and again, there's probably more background to those characters than it was with Uncut Gems, but I've watched Safety Brothers Good Time and that follows a day in the life of a robbery. And that's right. that's I, it. And I, I knew what I was kind of expecting with Uncut Gems because I saw what they did with Good Time. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get this anxiety thrilled Right. Uh, ride through a character's point of view and maybe it's just a week maybe it's a period of time but we're not going to get an an entire background and that's what I kind of went in expecting and that's what I left the theater very happy with because I knew kind of what was going to happen or where we were going to go like with the directing and I was good with it because I felt like I didn't need all that background on Sandler's character. You and I are just going to have to agree to disagree there because I I think there's ways of doing it where you can add layers of a backstory by only taking up essentially five minutes. And that five minutes goes a long way for a two-hour and 15-minute movie. Well, if you cut out some of the stuff, and then but they probably felt it was more important to keep maybe the opening scene of the gym or where the gym came from. and Let's talk that. about that. I did not like that, and I'll tell you why. Anyone that, if you're going to take this leap that we don't need 
background information or background story on a character, why do we need to know? We all know that gems come from third world countries with slave labor. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't think everyone knows that. Well, no, I really don't think so. Okay, then make a movie about that, and just not like five minutes of it. Like that's that that's make a right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. Continue though. Are you saying that's not compelling? What's going on in those countries? Where they're being forced to mine. I mean, that could that that'd be a compelling yeah, movie to me to watch. Yeah, but saying like if you're going to have something, just make an entire movie out of it. It's not an argument to me. But why? But why is it needed? Because I feel like they kept that in because they wanted to show that side of the gym, where the gym came from, and when Adam Sandler later shows Garnett the gym and shows him that video. It feels like, all right, that kind of connects. All right, we saw the opening scene. Now we're seeing where Adam Sandler got it from. And now we see why Garnett is looking at these people and wants that gym. That's what I think. It's in there. Okay. Let's say I buy that, which I'm on the fence on. To then take the camera to go into the Jim Rock in this mystical universe and then come out of his colon. That was gross. <laughs> that was awful, dude. That was awful. Come on. That How was else cheap. are you going to transition from a gym <laughs> to Adam Sandler getting surgery? You go into the gym and then you come out and you come out of his brain while he's looking down at gyms. Look, the Safety brothers are never going to do things a comfortable way. Which I can respect. I just, I was like, eh. Like the first, our first introduction to the character is him on the table unconscious. Yeah, because he's with gross. Them. He's a gross character. He's a gross guy. He's a gross guy, right? And they're just, I think they're really, everything you see from the dialogue to the way it was written to the characters, everything just feels dirty. Everything feels grimy. Everything, it's like they're trying to get it that doesn't. New York. It, it all feels that way. Everything feels claustrophobic. So, everything so feels panicked, so like shady. shady. Like it all feels, I think. And I'm not saying because sometimes artists, directors, they just do stuff and we dissect it way too much. And they're like, well, we didn't even intend that. Yeah, that's true. You that's know, fair. like, because we do that all the time. We're like, well, the transition from the gym to him on the <laughs> surgery table just goes into the ambiance of the movie. And I'm not saying that. But what if that was their intent? <laughs> you know? Ambiance. <laughs> like, like, what if that was their intent? Maybe they just kept adding stuff, these little details to make everything just feel just gross. I, and and it did feel that way, and they, they they did make that a point to make him gross and non likable, and it is a chaotic movie, and the pace is perfect because you're like, oh, geez, this is unrelentless, which is great. Uh, him in his his shop felt very authentic. About halfway through the movie, though, I thought to myself, man, he's really unlikable. Like, he's just really unlikable. And I'm going to say this. I saw the ending coming from the uh, 10 minutes in. 10 minutes in. Like, spoiler alert, 10 minutes in, I knew he was going to die. Like, I just knew it. Because I've seen so many movies, and I'm obviously I'm, quite, I'm considerably older than you. But I saw, I've seen so many movies, I was like, this guy and this character, and especially the fact that they played it, it had comedic moments, but it was more of a drama for sure. If it was a comedy, he'd get away with it at the end. It's a drama. He's going to be dead. It's, it, 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 it is what it is. is. It, and but that doesn't ruin it for me. 
thinking I know what the ending is doesn't ruin it for me because, again, it was more about the journey. Okay. It was more about being on that ride and what was going to happen because everything he kept doing, every bet he kept making – which is a snowball effect. Oh, and you could just feel it. You're like, oh, this is going to end so poorly, so poorly. I Another complaint that I had, the relationship with the guy who was selling the fake Rolexes out of his store, which was his connection originally to KG, yeah. gets thrown aside. And like, I love Lakeith Stanfield. I felt... Just to throw that out there. He, he's, he, he, he was great. He... I'm going to say something. He kind of stole every scene he was in. He's awesome. Okay. I don't know how many movies he's seen with Keith Stanfield in them, but he's great. He was phenomenal. And I understand for story purposes, but then I would have liked to, not that I wanted to see like a buddy cop movie, don't get me wrong, but I would have liked to see more of their dynamic. Like when they make the road trip to Philly, which I loved, by the way, and then he leaves them there and he has to take the bus home, which is just great. I wanted to see more of their dynamic because I felt his dynamic with that character was the best back and forth he had with anyone in the entire movie. And when he gets pushed aside towards the tail end of the movie, I think it suffers a little bit because you don't have that. He does not have that with his wife. He does not have that with his girlfriend, which we'll get to those relationships. He doesn't have that with them. He doesn't even have that with his father-in-law or anything. It's that guy. That he has it with. And when that's gone, I was like, eh. I was like, not that I was upset by it, but I was like, oh, man, you, you well, gave me some juice and now you're taking it away. I think it could be a case of what if it's so good because it was in small amounts? Oh, okay. You know, if you got too much of it, would you have been like, you know, they probably could have done this. And then you would have had the same family complaints that you would have had because if they focused too much on Lakeith Stanfield's character and Adam Sandler's character and say – now they're not doing any family stuff. Okay, well now you gotta pro- you gotta prioritize what you want because you can't fit everything into a movie. I understand that you can cut some stuff out and replace it with more family time or more more relationship with Lakeith Stanfield. But maybe it was so good because it was limited. I look, I love the Lakeith Stanfield. So as much as we can get in him in, in the movie, I'm good. He was great in the little bit that he was in Knives Out, by the way. Yeah, Knives Out, he was good, and that he came out of that movie, and everyone was like, Lakeith Stanfield. And then he had a movie with uh, Issa Rae, the photograph this year that I saw, and he was good in that, and he was in Get Out, he was in Sorry to Bother You. If you've yep. never seen Sorry to Bother You, that's a really good movie, too. It's very weird, but he's great in that. Plays Cash, I do believe, right? Yeah, I remember. Uh, Cash is Green, Yeah, which I it took me like a year and three rewatches on that movie to realize Cash is Green. <laughs> and not Cassius Green. Holy cow. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I do but, understand that you would want more. Maybe it was a case of he was so great because it was so little. But now if you just keep saying, all right, I wish I would have got more of this. I wish I got more of this. All right, so now what are you going to cut? And how does that movie form into a cohesive movie if you get more Lakeith Stanfield, more background on the What did you make of his, his family on? life? Because the, Sandler, yes, because I felt all you needed to know that his family connection was he married into a mob, and then he got in trouble with his family. But not with the father. But the father-in-law is not the head of the family. Who's the head of the? 
Well, there's not like you're talking like mob ties. The the guy that married into the family is connected to. Yeah. Like there's a mob connection to who right. we married into with. Right. Which which is realistic when it comes to that industry, first of all. Yeah. Um, and especially in that metropolitan. I mean, area. I don't know much about mob, but so. It wasn't even needed. Like, there was nothing that came with his back and forth, the brief scenes that he had with his son. Obviously, there was they showed it because he had a disconnect. Like, he was not connected to his family. Like, his daughter had contempt for him or just apathy. The wife, who shot out uh, the voice of Elsa. Adina Menzel. Yes. Is, did nice, she had just seething anger towards him. And that little scene they had while she's in her prom dress or whatever, or bar mitzvah gown, whatever that was, um, where she was like, you know, I don't even want it, was 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 nice. But I felt like they could have just he could have just been living in his apartment, and they could have just like, yeah, his family, you know, they could they could have just introduced her in that one scene that they had at the family get together for Passover. They could have had that, and then that'd been it. You'd want one scene with the wife because I didn't think it brought anything else. I just i I didn't think it brought like the family dynamic. You could you could have told us like by the time we get to him interacting with his family, we already know he's a scumbag, and like he's not a good dad, and like he's not a good husband. Like we already know that, so you're just kind of being redundant a little bit when you get to that point, and so that's how how it felt a little bit to me. The girlfriend was. Shout out Julia Fox. I think that was her first acting performance in a movie, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. I felt that was playing the kind of crazy young lover on the side. I think she did well. She brought actual empathy to that character, which I wasn't ready for. That that was another big. That was plus a likable. I think that's a likable character. She becomes likable by yeah. the end. By the end, she becomes yeah. when she kind of consoles him in the office after he gets beat up. And I was like, "Wow, you kind of you kind of flipped it on me there a little bit," because you kind of. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." Bravo to them for that, and uh, I liked that. I hated the whole thing going to the casino. Like I wanted her to make the bet, but I thought that was a little over the top. And the guy that was the walking stereotype. With the long hair and the the orange skin tan, and that brought her up like I was like, eh, I was like, eh. played up. I was like, yeah, they kind of played it up a little bit there, but she was good, she was good, and her and Sandler had a nice back and forth. Even their fight there outside the cab on the street, I thought was good. And, and now we're going to talk to a big, big, big problem I had with the movie that you. That you that you loved and that you got a little pissy with me on. Yeah, the just know that I'm going to rebuttal every critique that you have. Why does the weekend need to be in the movie? Okay. By go, the way, go ahead, go ahead. love the weekend. Yeah, love the music. Love the weekend. You don't. If you don't like the weekend in this, you don't like the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even needed. It wasn't even needed. It felt like it felt like a celebrity camo cash grab to me. That's how it felt. It felt like, oh, who's hot right now but was not hot at that time that we can make sure to put in our story that takes place in 2012, which I still don't understand why you had to have it framed in 2012. Because when I think of legendary playoff series, I think of the Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, 
because no one does. I think the way they described it was they try to find a time where everything like was clicking at at in one like week or like one time. So they chose okay. 2012, where it was like, all right, the Sixers, um, and it also took them a decade to write this. Really? Yes. So okay, this wasn't a work for a decade. So it's important to know that. So the story would be taking place when they okay. I see what so you're saying. So when they were writing it, I, I think they were just set on having that Sixers and they were set on Garnett too, because that was their original NBA player that they wanted. They did want Kobe and they decided to go with Garnett and they had that series. Does that explain the uh his father in law's son, or I guess that would be his wife's brother? that has the gear, that has the swag for Garnett to sign, and there's a Lakers jersey in there? Yeah. Did you notice that? There's a, there, there's a He's holding a Lakers jersey. And I was like, why is he having a Lakers jersey for Could him? be a little, you know. Uh, a, a, a little gym. A little gym. A little gym. A little gym. So I think they were in the process of writing it, and they were trying to find, during this time, they were like, all right, who's hot? You know, who's going? what's going on? Like, 2012, all right. But how can you do a movie in New York City and not have one of the players be the Knicks player? Okay. Were the Wouldn't Knicks been in awesome? the playoffs in 2012? No, but you could you could have put it not around the playoffs. You could have put it around because they mentioned Lynn Sanity because he's talking to his family about that and how they're not going to bring him back and because the Knicks are terrible and James Dolan's a buffoon, which I love. Wouldn't it have been better to do Carmelo Anthony because of his legendary status with the Knicks and falling short of that legendary status? Wouldn't that been better to have him be that guy? Yeah, but the movie's not ultimately about what's Garnett's legacy. I didn't say it was, but I thought it... It just felt weird having a guy from New York, a jeweler from New York, who's wearing a New York Knicks championship ring. Safety Brothers, I believe, are Knicks fans, too. And have the, the basketball player not be a, a Nick. They want Garnett's intensity, though. What does Carmelo bring to the role? Would anyone want to see Carmelo in a movie? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's it. We got to consider this, too. Like, we got to consider fair Garnett. Point, fair point. Fair Garnett point, is a good point. actor. Garnett is a good actor, and they knew that. And Garnett has expressed that he wants to be in movies. Was J.R. Smith part of the Knicks during that time? And that's the thing, too. Like, oh, it could have been J.R. Smith. See, you want Garnett to play Garnett. Do we want Carmelo playing Carmelo? Do we want J.R. Smith to play J.R. Smith? Kind of. A little bit. A little bit for J.R. Smith, but for Carmelo, we don't. So I think they were set on Garnett, and they looked at that series and how everything lined up, and they said, this is it. And you have to feel like there's some stakes on the line as well because betting on a regular season game is just like, all right, cool. But betting in a playoff series. But it wasn't the Eastern Conference Finals. I remember watching that series too. It was the it was the semifinals, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, it was the semifinals. Yeah, because I was thinking, wow, it would be crazy if the Sixers got in because I, was, I, I believe that's the series after D. Rose got hurt. Oh, yeah. And that was the Sixers' eight seed maybe. I could be off, but – yeah, you want Garnett in that role. You don't want Carmelo in that role. That's that's the argument. And the Safety Brothers are Knicks fans. So for Knicks fans to potentially be like, whoa, we don't want Carmelo in our movie. We would love Garnett. Says something you need, you need to know. Okay. All right. 
But 2012, so you don't like The Weeknd. You thought it was a celebrity grab. It's a celebrity grab. It's fine. Whatever. I love The Weeknd, so I'm going to just excuse I love The Weeknd, too. I love Abel, his real name. (laughs) So which one do you like, Ray? Abel or The Weeknd? Come on, dude. What are you doing? You're ridiculous today. I'm trying to... Before we... The Safety Brothers said before they met with The Weeknd... They did a table read where ASAP Ferg uh, was the character in the Weekend's role. Before it was Ferg, it was going to be an unknown artist, like a local aspiring rapper. Actually, we're talking about Troy Affer a little bit. Hmm. So they were kind of looking at some local aspiring rappers. And then, boom, the Weekend shows up at your table. And we're getting the Weekend. It was distracting. It's like those comedies that get the, the famous athletes, like the Farley brothers would always do. They'd put in a famous athlete in there for a cameo appearance. You're like, dude, you're not really interacting with these people. Stop. It's distracting. All right. Sorry. I, I'll concede, even though I love The weekend. I can concede. And I will concede criticism. on Garnett. How about that? That's fair. Working together. All right. Well, we can work together. We can work together. I'll concede on the also one thing that I actually said the first time I watched the movie, I that I had a complaint, a verbal complaint that I turned to Paige and said, "Ah, Adam Sandler gave a great performance. Do not get me wrong; he should have been nominated for best actor." <sighs> the crying in that scene—he's a bad crier. He's a terrible crier, terrible and crier, it's so man. funny because I thought that in the moment. I turned to Paige and I was like, "He covers his face, which helps." I was like, "The crying." That was like overacting. <laughs> I was like, the, the crying was bad. And it comes out, I think he had an interview with Dan Patrick, and he said, oh, yeah, I'm a terrible crier. Like, I haven't, I don't cry ever. And when we did that scene, I tried to get away from it or, like, not do it, and they said, no, you have to cry. And I was like, all right, fine, let's do it. And then that's what came it's out. It's like more laughing. I knew it. I, oh, it's, that it's, scene. It's and, then, and then when Julia Fox started crying, too, I was like, oh. Like, this isn't needed. Like, this isn't good. Also, this is the take you went with? Wish it wasn't? So that's... Look, I've got... I have my fair share of complaints. Like that one scene where Adam Sandler cries. There you go. Other than that perfect movie. And you'll concede on the weekend. I'll give you the weekend. Even though he should stay in the movie. If we were doing a... All right, what are we taking out? Okay. Like, all right, we have a list of things all that right. you want to take out, list of things that I'm I want to take out. I'm taking the weekend out. So you take the weekend out. Boom. Okay, so we have to think about if we take the weekend out, how does the movie change? You um, don't even need that scene. You could have just had him and her fight over something else, Him, her flirting with some type of random guy well, at the club. There needed to be a reason for them to be at the club. So, well, you already had that reason because he was meeting what's-his-face to go to get the stone. Yeah, and so she, she just so happened to be there. The weekend just doesn't so happen. Well, would he be at the club if the weekend wasn't there? These are the things we have to think about. So would he be at that club if the weekend wasn't there? All right. All right. Now, I will give you that if we took the weekend out and replaced the weekend with ASAP Ferg, that's fine, too. Or a local aspiring rapper. All the weekend needed to serve was a reason for them to be at the club. And then would Julia Fox, would her character hook up with ASAP Ferg? These are other things that we have to consider. Yes. Okay, fine. Yes. That's fair. Yes. Would she hook up with a local aspiring rapper? 
Yes. Actually, I, I don't know about that one. But the weekend, that's a no-brainer, 100%. It's like, all right, I could see like them in the bathroom. And they're like, oh, no, we're just doing like Coke. But but that was before the weekend was the weekend. Yeah, but he's still coming up. Oh, and he's got a great voice. Look. Like that local aspiring rapper. Look, this is a weekend love fest happening right here. All right, fine. I'll, I'll give it to you. We'll get off of this. I'll give it to you. Take the weekend out. You could have just replaced him. All right. Now, take Adam Sandler's crying out. You That's take fine. The crying yeah, out. Take the crying you out. Take the crying out. Just be emotional. You it's don't have to cry. cry. It's a terrible cry. If if you're not good at crying, guess what? Don't keep the cry. All right. Just, just be dejected. Have just have your head on the desk. Or be angry. Do yeah. something. Oh, like, you can do that. Yeah. You, you know, just, just do that. Like, do he does that angry. well. We saw Punch Drunk Love yeah. years ago. Punch Drunk Love. Love that movie. But take the crying out. We're good. So there are some things that you can probably take out and kind of replace that would make it a better movie. I think there – I'm trying to think of certain scenes that you could cut out because it's two two hours and 15 minutes that mm-hmm. you could cut out, but – I don't know. I, I will concede on Having the his colon weekend. examined, we could have done done without that. Probably could have came out the eyeball. <laughs> eyeball is a good choice for something representing a gym. There we go. And you could have had all the movie critics be like, ah, the windows of the soul of the there eye. That's is. where he, you know, that, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like, you still could have kept the same. Oh, there it is. You still could have kept the same movie critic. What did you think of the bad guys? The quote unquote villains of the movie. Which would be the two I mean, main enforcers and his brother-in-law, cousin-in-law, whatever the hell he is. Uh, I mean, they're just they're mob guys. They're like, hey, give yeah, my money, yeah. and, you're, and you're like, yeah, dude, get away. Like, and the, and the one guy has the imagine this: a low-level mob enforcer has a quick temper and likes to inflict violence on people. Uh stunt. I don't know, right? What do you want? Uh, a a caregiving. Mob no. person, but you can be intimidating without having to resort to stereotypical physical violence, like in Breaking Bad. Uh, Ooh, Hector, uh, I believe is his name. I haven't watched Breaking Bad in a, in a while, but that character was was really good, and he didn't really inflict any violence until he like had to. He was more intimidating, and I felt like the family member that he owed the money to, who apparently was allegedly sorry, Gus is his name in Breaking Bad. Right, sorry, was you know uh, the 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 guy? He I, I didn't find him to be intimidating. I didn't find him to be scary. I found him to be a little whiny. Stop! Stop! Stop calling my name! Stop calling my name! And it was like, okay, and 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 they were laying the groundwork for him being weak. And then at the end, obviously, his own guy. Once again, spoiler alert: kills him in the shop. Jeez, Ray, the spoiler. But I would have liked it to, to you know, I don't know, I. I that, this seemed, you, like, eh. you have a movie in mind. If you can take all of your complaints and then just form a new movie, how does that movie go in like 45 seconds? It's Rounders. Rounders? That's the problem. You just want it to be like another movie. And as much as Sandler was great in that, I'm going to throw something else out at you. How great would have Ed, Edward Norton be in that role? Adam Sandler gives a different edge than Edward Norton. I agree. Edward Norton's a safe pick. Okay. He's All safe. Right. All right. I like, buy that. If you put Edward it. Norton in that role, you know like, he's okay, going to Okay, we're going right. to get a good performance here. But If the, Edward Norton was in that role, it would be an Academy Award nominee. It would have been. It would have been. 
but the performance you don't expect it from Adam Sandler. Now people that have seen Punch Drunk Love, that's correct. New, all right, we're getting something. And, and there's moments in Funny People as well that he he that's true. He, put, he he does good work. We know Adam Sandler can act. We know he's more than Little Nicky. But sometimes he just wants a paycheck and go to Hawaii. Sometimes oh, grown he wants up, that. Grown up seven coming soon. They're yes, near you. another trip to Hawaii. <laughs> for Adam Sandler and a paycheck. Like anyone's believing he married Salma Hayek. That's just, uh, I'm sorry. That's that's a discussion for a later day. We got Adina Menzel in this one. So. <laughs> I was like, what? what? Maybe, he is. Maybe he is. But look, I think that you could have put Edward Norton in there. It would have been a safe movie. But the performance is extra special because people don't expect it from Adam Sandler. But that, but that's my, my only thing that prevented me from loving it is when I look at rounders, for example, you get two sides of the coin. Both are gambling addicts, the two characters and rounders. But one is the dark side, the other one is the light side, and they merge in the middle for most of the movie, but towards the tail end, they have to splinter off. And that's that movie. I understand that, but it gives you someone to root for. Did you find yourself rooting for the Celtics to win that game, for Adam Sandler to win that bet? Oh, I was all in. I was like, yes, get the over. Get the rebound. I was I was in there like really? that. Yeah. You weren't? I was. No. I was. I don't want someone to die. It was not as much as I wanted it to be. Did his character deserve to die? Oh, yeah, kind of. What did he do that was bad? Besides, like, he did bad stuff. Besides paying to get smuggled in jewels into the country, which someone, yeah, that was bad. you know, cost their lives to get, and he had no problems with that, and he didn't care about that. The cheating on his wife, being a bad parent, stealing money, uh, stealing money from other business partners, a degenerate. I, I, think, I do think, I, I, you know, I, I think the worst thing is the gym thing, how he acquired the gym. I think that's the worst thing he did in the movie. And that sets the tone in the very beginning of the movie. It does. And look, if you unveil that, how about this? Follow me here. Okay. Let's say you unveil how he gets the gym later in the movie. And I'd be willing to bet you if they did that and it comes in the halfway point of the movie or like around the 60% mark of the movie and they unveil how he gets it then, I'd be willing to bet you I'd like the movie more. I rescind my statement about what did Adam Sandler's character do bad. So he did he, – I mean, I know he did a lot bad. And the way he acquired the gym was bad. I mean, he's not Harvey Keitel from Bad Lieutenant bad, but still – which, which, by the way, you if his actions seen, have just, his actions had just like led to so many consequences in other people's lives that people were just so fed up with him. Correct. You know, people were just really fed up with him. And look, and if the mafia or the mob is fed up with you, then they're fed up with you. Correct. So that's why. But I found myself actually. I don't know why. In this weird way, I was rooting for Garnett to get the rebound and Garnett to make a bucket because I was like. Yes, he's going to win. Because at fun, at last, I don't know why, just seeing someone lose so much, seeing someone lose all this, even even if they're not likable, you're like, man, can he get a win? And then he finally gets the win, and the ending happens. So, I don't know. I, I'll concede on some of your critiques, though, Ray. So, would you, would you ever watch the movie again? Maybe. 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 I, I don't know how rewatchable it is. I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If it did not involve an NBA team in sports betting, and it was just a degenerate gambling gambler movie, would you enjoy it as much? I would have. 
I would have. You being honest there? Yeah, because I watch Good Time and I love Good Time, and that has nothing to do with sports. It's literally about a robbery that they did, a bank robbery. Also, after I got done watching it, it, it let me clue me in a little bit more about yourself. Because there's been some movies that you've been very passionate about. Bring it on. <laughs> Which probably not. It's a great contrast to Uncut Gems, but not a comparison. Parasite. Love Parasite. Those are also unlikable characters. Yeah, everyone in that movie mm, is a villain. Correct. And you thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So here is a thing. He also thoroughly enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No one's good in that movie. Which I liked as well. I didn't love it as much as you did. Love that movie, though. So these are three films in the last year or so. Acclaimed films, acclaimed performances. But they also have very much unlikable characters. You're also a fan of Birdman, which has a slew of unlikable characters in it. I like Whiplash. I'm sorry, I love Whiplash. I love Whiplash, too, but the central character is not unlikable in there. Yeah, Miles Teller has more redeeming qualities. So Even good. in those movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, there's more redeeming qualities about those characters than Uncut Gems. That would be correct. But there's something about someone as nice, or as my wife calls you, Sweet Lewis, just straight arrow, sweet, stand-up good guy. You gravitate to characters in movies that are unlikable mm -hmm. and that do devious things. Yeah. It's my dark side. The dark side of Lewis Brasher. I don't know what it is. Lewis after dark. I love a good villain. I love <laughs> someone not to root for. Except if it's in real life. That's why I didn't like Tiger King. Because they all sucked. But they're all real people that suck. Oh, I'm they cool. were all awful. I'm cool if you're in a movie and you're an actor and you suck. Okay. I'm cool with that. A lot of the because, time. Because you can remove yourself because there's a level of disbelief because it's a movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Not a reality like docuseries. Like, all you right, suck. Right. I got you. Also, all those movies are just great. Even Uncut Gems. I liked Uncut Gems. When we did our segment, stream it, cue it, skip it, I said cue it. Okay. I would pick other things to watch before then, mm -hmm. before that. But I did watch it. I'm so happy you watched Uncut Gems. I know. You, you're very thrilled. I'm so happy. Did I make your week? Well, the critiques didn't, but the <laughs> fact that you watched it made my week. <laughs> I didn't like all the critiques. <laughs> That's to be expected. <laughs> you know, the first time we watched Uncut Gems in the theater, we left, and I couldn't stop talking about it, and I noticed Paige was really quiet, and I was like, uh. I was like, you didn't love it, huh? She was like, no. My wife didn't care for it either. Yeah. When I asked her what she was asking me, well, how do you feel about it? I says, I'm leaning, I'm, I'm teetering between skip it and cue it, but I'm leaning towards cue it. And she goes, uh, mine's skip it. And she stayed up and watched the whole thing with me because I thought she'd fall asleep. And I was like, I'll just watch this while she's asleep on the couch. And she stayed up for it. And she's like, she's just real quiet. She's like, hmm. So what'd you think about that? And I was like, yeah. We, we had different experiences because going up and leading up into this movie, I had been looking forward to this movie for close to a year before it came out because I saw what the Safety Brothers did with Good Time and I heard about Adam Sandler being cast in this role and I was like, Adam Sandler with the Safety Brothers? They're going to get something amazing out of this. And then I started reading like, Kevin Garnett's going to be in this and it's about sports betting. And I'm like, oh, I'm hyped. I'll tell you a more recent movie that I preferred that I preferred more that I would watch again before watching Uncut Gems. 
Molly's game. No. Yes. Molly's game drags way too much for me. How it's dare. good. How dare you? It just drags at points. How dare you be critical? At least with this. Jessica Chastain does. At least with Uncut Gems, it's fast paced. You, you, you said it was two years or it was 20 minutes too long. Yeah, but it doesn't drag like Molly's game does. Let's understand the difference. <laughs> Let's understand the You can still be too long <laughs> and be fast paced. <laughs> can you be fast paced at an hour and 45 minutes, please? And not two hours and 15? I love Molly's game. I've, saw, I've watched you it do. twice. Yeah, you, you love Molly's game. But I also love Jessica Chastain, which could probably play a role. You're love- and Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Ooh. Mm, Wait. That's Molly's game. No, I know. And I believe that was the first time he directed a movie, too. Uh, I feel you're right there. Yeah, he wrote and directed. And we haven't talked about the social network enough for my liking, but it's fine. I feel like you didn't really care for the social network. I did like the social network a lot. Love? Love? That's another once that's again. Another, that's another podcast. We'll, we'll that to, is another podcast. We'll have to do the social network as another that's podcast. That, that is another podcast. That We've always podcast. said Facebook is a different place, so we'll save the, <laughs> the social network for a different podcast. Oh. But I'm glad we were able to talk about Uncut Gems. There you go, bud. I'm glad so. I'm glad you joined me. Anything else you want to smooth, smooth over before? No, I think we're good. Okay. All right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're totally cool. That's going to do it for this episode of the Rap Game Podcast. Once again, appreciate the producer extraordinaire, my good friend, Louis Prejean, for jumping on this episode as we discussed, dissected, and debated Uncut Jim starring Adam Sandler. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll have another episode up next week. Until then, you guys be safe. Be kind to one another. Talk to you then. I'm out.